session 20 of the law of one this is part one and we're going to talk about harvest of second density and human lifespan let's start broken down session 20 into three parts just as a reminder we're talking about from session 19 the transition of second density to third density and we're going to continue on with that line of questioning here of course things we're going to touch on are human lifespan because they're part of third density and some of the questions that don ask of course and at the end we're going to explain some of the stuff that happened here back then and that we still have here some monuments or sacred places that we consider pretty cool stuff but I'm not gonna get ahead of myself there uh, in this first part we're gonna just talk about second density harvest and part of that lifespan which is part of third density uh, experience in the master cycle of 75,000 years as we know so let's start up with the first question that Don had and it was first question to go back just a little bit is what happened to the second density entities who were on this planet who were unharvestable I assume there were some that didn't make the harvest into the third density can you tell me this Ra says the second density is able to repeat during third density a portion of its cycle Don continues then the second density entities that did not get harvest at the beginning of this 75,000 year period some are still in second density on this planet where any of these who remain in second density harvested into third density in the past 75,000 years the answer is this has been increasingly true so what they're talking about here is that transition between second density and third density the physical that happened on planet earth if some of the entities were able to repeat and Ra says that of course as we activate third density uh, experience on planet earth second density is still able to uh, keep going with their cycle of course you can see this as the activation of third density sphere for third density experience doesn't interfere with second density animals and plants in general they continue to live here and this has been increasingly true that is the second density uh, beings that were here have been going into third density because remember their evolution cycle goes into uh, self-awareness individualization of consciousness and that's what they're trying to achieve as we are trying to achieve for density consciousness as well so that has been going on still in this master cycle of 75,000 years and we're gonna find out we talked about this in the past uh, when we talk about pets and I got ahead of myself as usual there but <laughs> this is part of the next answer so Don says so more and more second density entities are making it into third density can you give me an example of a second density entity coming into third density say in the recent past Ra explains perhaps the most common occurrence of second density graduation during third density cycle is the so-called pet the animal which is exposed to the individualizing influences of the bond between animal and third density entity 
this individuation causes a sharp rise in the potential of the second density entity so that upon the cessation of physical complex, the mind-body complex does not return onto the undifferentiated consciousness of that species, if you will. So this is more something that we talked about in previous sessions where pets are accelerated in their evolution from second density into third density. And this has to do with the influence that we third density beings have onto them. Again, it's a good reminder if you have a pet, uh, whatever that may be, a fish, a cat, a dog, uh, a bird, whatever it is, the more you interact with this pet, then the more you give them uh, individuated consciousness because they create this understanding of themselves as separate from the environment because they now interact and see the reception of different, um, say, stimulus that they provide and get feedback from. So that's the way they create this uh, individuation. You can see this a lot with, say, dogs are the best example because they are very dependent on us. They require a lot of uh, care and love from us. They require, of course, of course, their food and their interaction with us is just at, at such a deep level that you can you can feel how much they depend on us and how much they they kind of communicate with us. If you had a dog, I mean, I I grew up with dogs all my life, so I can see the communication that they always had with us. And it almost becomes like normal that you know that your dog is talking to you. So this kind of consciousness is what they are. Um, they are creating into themselves so when they die they actually can um, incarnate in a third density uh, vehicle like this human body so that's um, that's the best example that exists you know in the way that we create and accelerate this process now in nature I assume that this is rather slow because there is not so much let's say catalyst for them to individuate themselves uh, but it does happen, and it's curious to know that it does take uh, millions of years for this to happen in their cycle, whereas we only have 75,000 years for third density. There are reasons for that. I don't need to get into it, uh, but it's a good point to mention that they do take a long time. So with us, basically our pets and plants as well. Um, plants are part of second density. Uh, quartz or minerals uh, as well crystallize formations are also second density and the more you this is just speculation of mine you know with quartz because a lot of people have been asking me questions about quartz and the relationship to them believe it or not uh well if you are familiar with quartz and you have this this bond with them i've met a lot of people i'm not one of them but i've met a lot of people that have a very strong bond with quartz and crystal formations for some reason and it sounds uh, almost like the same that I would say I have with animals myself and some others with plants. They talk to us. They have a talk, not in the verbal sense, but they communicate with us in some way. And this is a way of creating an individuation of consciousness for them. And, um, and well, that's just part of how it goes. But let's go on with, we still have some, some more to cover here in the next question. Don says, then can you give me an example of an entity in third density that was just previously a second density entity? What type of entity do they become here? Ross says, as a second density entity returns as third density for the beginning of this process of learning, 
the entity is equipped with the lowest, if you will so call this vibrational distortions, forms of third density consciousness. That is equipped with self-consciousness. Okay, so let's just clarify that word that may sound a little harsh when they say that they are equipped with the lowest, if you will call this vibrational distortions, forms of third density consciousness. That is equipped with self-consciousness. That means that when they reincarnate here for the first time as humans, they will be equipped with self-consciousness. Everything else, it really depends on where they incarnate and what kind of catalyst they, uh, they receive. Something that we're gonna get into in the next session is how we actually become more aware as we increase our consciousness, having this experience as humans or third density vehicles, we increase our awareness of self. And as we do that, then we can select our parents. And by that, we can program our next incarnation in a better way that suits our, uh, our, uh, our purposes here as the experiences that we want to have. However, say a new pet like Don is asking that incarnated for the first time has no selection of parents, just comes in like automatically back into uh, life as a human and they're just simply aware, which is the most basic. And that's why they say the lowest of, uh, of this consciousness, just being self-aware. If you remember the first distortion of the, uh, the creation of the universe is self-awareness. Same thing happens here in third density. They come equipped with the lowest form of consciousness. That doesn't mean that they need to live all their life in just self-awareness. Obviously, depending on what kind of life they have, and that's just the process of evolution of the soul, they will continue to raise their consciousness as we're trying to do here. This is pretty uh, a pretty good point to say that as we're talking about second density going to third density, remember that our society is created and maintained and perpetuated for us to keep living between uh, first and second density consciousness. We are in a very animalistic uh, behavior here on planet Earth with territorialism, separation, uh, and division, and all that jazz. And just so you know that when we talk about raising your consciousness, it means that you bring up your awareness onto different levels of consciousness that makes you see the world from a different perspective, not from survivability or identity, or even the most, uh, the basic requirement of third density, of course, which is interaction with other selves. And that is our yellow ray uh, energy center. So I think it's a pretty good point right now to make that distinction that our planet, most of the population are living between the red and orange red ray energy center which is the lowest uh, possible um, consciousness, which is actually what pets, animals, plants, quartz, maybe come into an incarnation here equipped with. So um, just to sum it up, we're still acting as a society, as a social complex. We're still working as animals, basically, in terms of consciousness and in behaviors or physical behaviors i'm pretty sure that fits the pattern too uh, we're very animalistic here and that's something that we need to transcend from of course again last thing before we continue on uh, just to mention that we do this through um, individuated behaviors we don't try to do this trying to convince other people they are animals <laughs> i don't think that goes well uh, but just to mention that uh, that's just 
you know what we need to do uh, personally and individually that's how that's how it rolls so let's go on with the next question and we're gonna finish this and go to the next uh, part of this video Don says this would be a human in our form then who would be beginning the understanding of third density is this correct Ra says this is correct Speaking of the rapid change that occur in the physical vehicles, the change from second to third density, this, you said, occurred in approximately a generation and a half. Body hair was lost and there were structural changes. Don continues, I am aware of the physics of Dewey Larson, who states that all is motion or vibration. Am I correct in assuming that the basic vibration, which makes up the physical world as we experience it, changes thus creating a different set of parameters shall i say in this short period of time between density changes allowing for the new type of vehicle am i correct ra says this is correct and now i need to explain this beautiful part well, first of all uh, the previous question before this one is if they come as humans we talked about that that's correct and now we get into this part we are talking about the rapid changes that happened in the human body. We talked about that in the last session. If you haven't watched, what are you waiting for? Go watch it so it makes more sense. But if you haven't, or if you want a reminder or refresher, we're talking about the changes that happen in the primate body that we had a second density here on planet Earth, the primate um, body changed rapidly between a generation and a half or so the body the vehicle got uh, sort of condition for third density so we basically went from primates to full human form between a generation and two and that was a very rapid change now what don is asking if this change was due to uh the physics of dewey larson that talks about that every everything is motion and vibration and the way I understand this is that as we cross that boundary to have a third density experience, say planet Earth graduated into third density, very short time, of course, 75,000 years only, uh, we cross that and the rapid changes occurred. So the physics or what happened physically here in terms of uh, the physics of Dewey Larson was that we enter that band, if you will, of energies, in-streaming energies that allow the vibration. Remember that everything is shaped through vibrations. And we've talked about this in the past, uh, but just imagine that everything is vibration and that vibration of light creates the distortions that we know as physical bodies and air and everything else. And those kind of change the programming, say, of that vibration. And it became suitable to create this new uh, body that we have. So it's very rapid as we cross that, which is now, curiously enough, of course, we're crossing that boundary. We are already in fourth density. And that's why we're seeing this great awakening happening that is just simply a an in-streaming of energies that raises your consciousness to a degree if you allow them to go through you of course and you have to do this work but the point is that uh, he's talking about the same uh say threshold that we're in right now but between second and third density and now from third and fourth just as an example and that change happened because the vibrations of the planet just updated kind of thing so that's what they're talking about here. And I hope that makes sense. If not, as always, leave me a comment and we'll talk about it. 
Next question is just as a sideline, a side question here is the physics of Dewey Larson correct? Ross says the physics of sound vibrational complex Dewey is a correct system as far as it is able to go. There are those things which are not included in this system. However, those coming after this particular entity using the basic concepts of vibration and the study of vibrational distortions will begin to understand that which you know as gravity and those things you consider as n dimensions these things are necessary to be included in a more universal shall we say physical theory so um here we're talking about the physics of dual arts and again and if they were correct, and Ra says that yes, they were correct, because Dewey Larson was talking about time space, something that physics are very resilient to talk about, the idea of time space, and we've had, of course, this is going to just shatter the mainstream narrative that we have about the creation of the universe and uh, our interaction, all to keep denying the possibility that there exists a metaphysical aspect of this life, even though we have so many paradoxes and so many uh, issues with our current model of physics, they will continue to suppress that. But Dewey Larson, of course, was correct in talking about time space and those understandings, as Ra is saying, will be able, remember this is 1981, way before they started you know, getting into the depths of quantum mechanics now as we know it, and all the different findings that they had, especially in Russia, where science was not as suppressed as it was here in the US or the West, uh, the Western world. And they discovered so many things about the, what David Wilcock calls the source field, which I think is a great term to, uh, to talk about this field of energy that creates everything and kind of maintains and weaves the, the patterns of the creation as we know it. And funny enough, as Ra's saying here, and this is way before we started talking about gravity being uh, the key point that binds both uh, time, space, and space-time, and they say, which you know as gravity, and those things you consider as n-dimensions, we will begin to understand that's what, that which we know of, of as of gravity. Gravity is the binding force between these two, and it works in reverse. There's very cool research out there. I don't want to get into the little bit that I know here because it's not relevant, but it's curious to know that uh, Ra actually valid validated the physics of Dewey Larson, saying that it's not complete even, you know, that it's, uh, um, there are those things which are not included in this system. So there are many things that are not included there, but at least as a basic understanding, we know that this is true. So again, if you're interested uh, in Dewey Larson, I'm gonna leave a link in the description about the reciprocal system that they uh, that he created and now they maintain as part of this, this model of physics, if you're interested, of course. It's really, really complicated. I don't think I can get into it myself, but if you know, uh, if you're interested, go ahead. We need more people like you. Don continues and says, was this entity Dewey then, did he bring this material through in his incarnation for use primarily in fourth density? Ross says, this is correct. So a pretty cool note here. Um, I'm not sure what this means. I can only speculate a little bit if this physics was to be used in fourth density as we transition into it, because we are already in fourth density meaning that we are still humans within the four density experience as we transition on it. So it could be understood and now it makes sense. 
or if, which I don't think, my speculation is more that it's for this transition and not for the fully activated four density, because at that point we would just simply understand naturally the physics of Dewey Larson and time space because four density exists in time space itself. So my speculation based on what I can uh, connect with all this stuff is that yes, this physics were created for uh, for us to understand this transition between third density and fourth density because maybe again and I'm still on the line of speculation they knew that we were very very much developed into the physical science of the universe the science that we we know and that we ap we have applicable here is pretty much physical we have no science that talks about consciousness aside from the secret space program and the CIA programs like remote viewing and stuff like that those obviously use time space as a medium for uh, for research and for developing technology in that regard but us as plain humans and the official narrative that they give us we're still applying it as like just plain physics of this physical plane so Dewey Larson basically came here to give us that you know possibility of exploring the metaphysical aspect of our universe so that's my speculation of what they mean that it's correct that going into four density was uh the reason why they brought this so let's go on and Don says thank you Yesterday, we were speaking of the split that takes place in third density when an entity, either consciously or because of bias, chooses the path of service to others or service to self. The philosophical question of why such a split even exists came up. It is my impression that, as it is in electricity, if we have no polarity in electricity, we have no electricity. We have no action. Therefore, I'm assuming that in consciousness, without such polarity, there would be no action or experience. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. You may use the general term work. We talked about this before and it has to do with the com uh, comparison of electricity having um, polarities and uh, the negative and the positive. And because of those two, we can create uh, work as Ra is saying and correcting <laughs> the more general term would be work because Without the two, we cannot have uh, work in electricity. So they're going uh, around those lines again. And this is almost like repeated material, so I'm not going to linger too much here. And the next question is in uh, this regard. Don says, then the concept of service to self or service to others is mandatory if we wish to have work, whether it be work in consciousness or work in the mechanical or Newtonian concept in the physical. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct with one addendum. The coil, as you may understand this term, is wound, is potential, is ready. The thing that is missing without polarizing is the charge. So once again here, we're just seeing the example that we always have the potential. So if you want the um, your, uh, your charge, say, to do the work, you have to polarize either the positive or the negative, but the potential is always there, dormant, if you will. And life is giving you experiences. It's almost like a, a river flowing uh, through you, giving you the right experiences for you to make the choices. Choice is the key word here. 
So um, that's why they use the coil as an example, because the coil is there, the potential is there, but it's just needing the charge, the type of charge that you give it, it's going to, um, to create that work towards that, uh, that polarity, if you will, whichever it may be. So let's go on. There's a little bit more onto this there. Uh, Don says, then the charge is provided by, by individualized consciousness. Is this correct? Process the charge is provided by the individualized entity using the inputs and in-streamings of energy by the choices of free will. And here is where I wanted to get because this is the cool part. The charge is provided by the individualized entity using the importance and in-streamings of energy by the choices of free will. So the key thing here, as we were talking about the flow of, say, the river of energy that is coming through your experiences itself, um, you as the individualized entity are using those in-streamings of energy with the choice of free will. That means choice, choice of free will. Free will is to give you choice of whether acting uh, positively or negatively. And those two are actually polarizing you. Those will continue to bring you more experiences like that because the universe is catering to you. So whatever you are doing subconsciously to into your life, the universe will keep serving you that. That's what you want. That's what you keep asking for. And that's what you keep acting upon. So those choices, whether you're conscious or not, they're uh, creating more your reality. And that's a very big part here, very important. So we have to become more conscious of our decisions and our choices because those, those are the ones that are, um, uh, are creating our reality and are also polarizing us towards the positive or the negative. Now, a key thing here that we're gonna discuss further, especially when we talk about lifespan, uh, is that we have a, um, like we spoke about before in the previous session, the sinkhole of indifference. And this is the place where we don't wanna take those experiences and make a choice, either positive or negative. We just stay there, we're kind of just lazy and we don't wanna do anything. And we are not acting on the only thing that exists in this reality, which is choice. We're not acting on that and we're just there uh, not doing anything. So um, this is just uh, delaying the inevitable. It, you know, it may not be in this life, maybe in another cycle, in another 75,000 year cycle that you would have to go or anybody would have to go and repeat that so they can get their polarization as they should. So very important here. There's so much we can philosophize and talk about this specific part, I think is very, very important. I wish I could just like highlight this whole thing and put it somewhere, everywhere, I would think, for anybody that I can understand, of course, what Ra is saying here um, with all the concepts. But let's continue on. Don says, thank you. As soon as the third density started 75,000 years ago, and we have incarnate third density entities, what was the average human lifespan at that time? Ra says, at the beginning of this particular portion of your space-time continuum, the average lifetime was approximately 900 of your years. Don asks, did the average lifespan grow longer or shorter as we progress on into third density experience? Ross says, there is a particular use for this span of life in this density, and given the harmonious development of the learned teachings of this density, 
the lifespan of the physical complex would remain the same throughout the cycle. However, your particular planetary sphere developed vibrations by the second major cycle, which shortened the lifespan dramatically. We talk about this in the in another concept where we talk about harvest and how the harvest were zero at the end of the first 25,000 years, which was 50,000 years ago. And then again, it was only like 120 something people or less than 200, more than 100 uh, people graduated 25,000 years ago at the end of the second major cycle. Remember, a master cycle has three major cycles and it's 75,000 years. So we have 25,000 years each at the end of the first 25,000 years. There was nobody at the end of the second uh, 25,000 years, there was only 150, let's say, and then at the end of third density, uh, experience altogether 75,000 years total. Right now, who knows how many of us may graduate or have to repeat. So, in any case, um, what happened was that because of the inharmonious um, vibrations that we had here, and we're going to get into why that is. Um, there was a shortening of the lifespan, which was actually 900 years, and this is the appropriate time. Uh, we can get into this as we go into lifespans, uh, but just wanted to add that in. Next question is, assuming a major cycle is 25,000 years, at the end of the first 25,000 year cycle, how long was the lifespan? Ra says the lifespan at the end of the first cycle, which you call major, has approximately 700 was 700 of your years. Don says, then in 25,000 years, we lost 200 years of lifespan. Is this correct? This is correct, Ra says. Can you tell me the reason for this shortening of lifespan? Ra says, the causes of this shortening are always an inuphonious or inharmonious relational vibration between other selves. In the first cycle, this was not severe due to the dispersion of peoples, but there was the growing feeling complex distortions towards separateness from other self. This is important, very important, because third density is supposed to be an interaction between other selves. We cannot see ourselves separate from each other unless we are creating a negatively polarized planet, which means that we still need to have each other because I need to manipulate you to uh, accomplish what I want. So uh, what happened basically is that we lost 200 years because there was a sense of separation between selves. This wasn't too, uh, too dire, let's say, because we were separated into, call them tribes, very uh, isolated. And as time went on, we encounter each other. Um, and we talked about this, of course, in the past session, I believe was that there was a, um, a lot of warlike behaviors between ourselves. We fought each other because you were from a different color or had a different culture. And this had to do, of course, from the different populations, which we discussed in the past session as well, that there was um, different populations from other planets from Mars and the uh, natives, if you want to call um, third density beings that graduated from second density to third density. So this mix actually created more warlike behaviors between ourselves and we just created this uh, inharmonious um, vibrations on the planet that shortened our lifespan. 
Um, so that's what they're explaining here. And again, it was 200 years that we lost at the beginning of third density, the first 25,000 year cycle. Don continues with the last question we have for this video and says, I am assuming at the start of one of these cycles, there could have been either a positive polarization that would generally occur over the 25,000 years or a negative polarization. Is the reason for the negative polarization and the shortening of the cycle, the influx of entities from Mars who had already polarized somewhat negatively? Ra says, this is incorrect. There was not a strong negative polarization due to this influx. The lessening of the lifespan was due primarily to the lack of the building up of positive orientation. When there is no progress, those conditions which grant progress are gradually lost. This is one of the difficulties of remaining unpolarized. The chances, shall we say, of progress become steadily less and that creates the uh, shortening of lifespans because it seems like progress becomes steadily less uh, by those uh, remaining unpolarized. And this has been increasingly so over time as we can see that we uh, now only have a tenth of that, if anything, a tenth, only 10% 10 of our natural lifespan has, um, has been accomplished now. Now you can see why uh, in law of one terms, they talk about us as spiritual babies, because we don't have enough time in this incarnation and um, enough, say, catalyst to, um, in one incarnation, grow as a soul. And we need all these incarnations. I've heard things that this also happened because of genetical uh, modifications that ETs did. I'm not too sure how that played out. Uh, I think it has to do a lot more with our orientation in general. Like they said, one thing that I'm a little dubious and I'm not sure if I can speculate this without getting too much into my own bias is something that they said in the last answer that say, the lessening of the lifespan was due primarily due to the lack of the building up of positive orientation. I'm not sure what that means because if there is a negative orientation, I would assume that the lifespan would also uh, be the same. Or maybe you just reduce your lifespan because you're being negative and that's just a natural thing. I'm not too sure there what happened or how does, uh, how does that happen, but there's, there's no clear answer there. So in any case, um, this is just part of the uh, the way of how we shorten our lifespan and that's basically it so something to keep in mind we now have a very short time here on earth we are however being helped a lot by what we're talking about the ascension process on our energies and our the instreaming energies and our ancestors also helping us from time space if you will helping us out to uh, polarize as much as we can through the catalyst that is so readily available at these times with the globalization that we have and all the global catharsis of course that we're going through so these are important things we need to take advantage of that because we only have this life and the next one we don't know if it's going to be here or in another planet but certainly it's not going to be this time as we know it this time is very, very important for us to polarize because we have so much catalyst, so many experiences and so much to get into. So that's the end of uh, this part one. In part two, we're going to continue on with lifespan as well. 
Quick information here, separate from the Law of One, I have this series running on the Great Awakening, and if you haven't watched it, uh, it started this week, so you can watch it, and I'm covering a lot of stuff that is very current right now, and how we can see this Great Awakening. I wish I could have done something more elaborate, but I'm not that good with video and uh, editing and pictures and all this stuff. So it's just me talking about all this stuff, but it's basically a crash course as I decided to talk about it, or mention it, or uh, title it. And it talks about this Great Awakening that we're going through right now. So I'm talking about the physical reality, the control system as we know it, and the ascension it's all here on youtube for free of course so go watch it share it for people who might resonate with this stuff as well as the law of one and uh that's all i got thank you so much for watching as usual sending you all my love and i'll see you in part two of session 20.